The following podcast may contain language and subject matter not suitable for all ages or everyone. If you don't like what you're listening to, please press stop. In this episode of the Chang Wanner Podcast. When we opened up, there was only three other hug ones. Uh-huh. At the worst point, I think we had like 30 hug ones in that area. But I, I haven't been known to go through a couple hundred dollars in a night here. So. Yeah. yeah, that's when you're losing a poker. <laughs> that's when I win at poker and I spend it all. So you decided to stop doing soft porn photography and you came to be a teacher in Korea. Uh, I just wanted to get out of Australia and travel again. I was originally going to go to Europe and do photographic work through there and sell myself, sell my stuff back in Australia. And I mm-hmm. used to manage bars and clubs and that, so right. I could bar work my way through We'll be right back after this quick break with this week's special guest, Michael Paul Duffy. It's the oldest foreigner bar in Changwon. The International Pub has been around for more than 25 years. Whether you're living in or just visiting Changwon City, you've got to make your way over to the IP for a visit. Full of history and home to the famous Juicy Pussy Drink. The IP has got everything you're looking for in a great night out. The International Pub in Changwon City. Want to know what's going on in Changwon City? Check out the new website, The Changwinner. You can find reviews to anything related to Changwon City, stories from people living in Changwon City, and what the weekend holds for the area. Post your own reviews, stories, and events, as well as add to our forum. The Changwinner is also home for Changwon's first and only podcast, hosted by Scott D and Paul. Find out everything there is to know about living the life in Changwon now. Visit www.changwonner.com today. You'll see why life here just got more interesting. O'Brien's Irish Bar in Changwon City, South Korea. The original and only Irish pub in the Changwon area. Great food, drinks, atmosphere, music, and people. Nightly specials on both food and drinks. Craft beer on tap and over 12 different craft beers in the fridge. Also check out our mini mart at OB's for great deals on things that you may miss from back home, including our all-new deli meat. Follow us on Facebook, or better yet, come on down and check us out for yourself. O'Brien's Irish Bar, located in downtown Changwon, across from the International Hotel. Come on down and have yourself a pint. Looking for a great night out? Then come on down to BK House. Great music, great food, and great drink specials. It's always a fun time, and there's always a great crowd. We're open late and serve food until closing time. Outdoor patios, darts, and so much more. This is our house, BK House, located in downtown Changwon. Follow us on Facebook at BK House Bar. You're, 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 you're tuned in to the Changwoner, the social media podcast for Changwon City, South Korea. With your host, Scott, D, and Paul. Welcome to another episode of the Changwaner Podcast. Once again, I'm Scott, joined with Paul. Not with Paul, but he's here. Yeah, we're not, not actually joined out the hip or something like that. No. That would be, that would be <laughs> fucking weird. 
<laughs> and this week we've got a special guest. We have Michael Paul Duffy. How's it going, Michael? I'm doing well, mate. Can't complain. I tell you what, man, that's the best middle name I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I want to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck up. It's okay for a middle name, but it sucks for a first name. Yeah, right, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before we get things started, let's do the ceremonial. Clinky. Cheers, Cheers, boys. boys. It's nice, man. It's nice, actually, because we changed the day today, and it's a Saturday afternoon, and uh, I'm pretty pumped because we've got some good things to look forward to tonight, you know? It's going to be a good night, I'd say. Yeah, Yeah, Um, I think it'll be a blurry night. Yeah, it's going to be one of those, I'd say, yeah. (laughs) And we've got a word for the podcast this week. The word is wayworn. Yeah, so I'm sitting between two wayworn guys, right? It's it's an adjective, and it means to be worn or worried from travel. Wearied from travel, you you guys look like, uh, I don't know, like an old fucking shoe or something like that. (laughs) Leather face. So it basically means tired. (laughs) Wait till I got a suntan, then you can still be leather face. (laughs) So anytime you use the word of the podcast, the other two people got a drink, basically. All right. So, uh, Michael, where are you from? Uh, Sydney, Australia, Maroubra Beach. I heard, like, uh, is it true that Sydney's the most, what is it, the, like, the most expensive place to live? Like, one of the most expensive yeah, places like on the planet or top something? Top three, yeah. That's crazy, eh? Yeah, like, how nuts. much, like, give me an example, like, what is the average, like, let's say rent, if you're renting a place? Uh, I haven't looked at the rent in a long time, but even back before I came here, like, Back in sort of 2000, you'd be looking at paying for a small two-bedroom unit, 500 a week. Wow. Just a tiny place, right? Yeah. Nuts. And, like, what about drinking and eating and stuff like that? Is it pretty... Um, yeah, it's... Nowadays, especially when I go back home and that, it's really expensive to go out. Like, right. You, you need a For a night out, you need at least a couple hundred bucks in your wallet. Right, so. which is totally different compared to here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I haven't been known to go through a couple hundred dollars on a night here. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when you're losing the poker. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I win at poker and I spend it all. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man. Yeah. So uh, when did you first come to Korea? Uh, it was December 2001. 2001. Yeah. Ooh. Same year I came. Yeah, long really? time ago. Oh, I, I followed after a couple of years, I'd say, right? Yeah, like it must you have been. After. Yeah, it must have been totally different back then, right? Oh hell yeah! yeah. Uh, we had one foreign bar, uh, the IP. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was a uh, Home Plus was pretty new. Uh-huh. And there was Daedong Department Store, and that uh-huh. was pretty much Chang Wan. And no, no, <laughs> no coffee shops. No coffee shops. Plenty of cell phone shops, but no smartphones. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> Just flip phones. Right. Yeah. You still got one, though, yeah. I haven't thrown them away. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you it's gold. <laughs> <laughs> nah, wasn't gold. <laughs> so when you first came to Korea, did you come to Changwon or did you live anywhere else in Korea? Uh, I did my first two weeks up in Seoul, the uh, school I was working first for. First two weeks? Yeah, the school I worked two for weeks. was a chain and they had a teacher on vacation at the head office. So I did the uh, substitute for two weeks up there. And when I got down to Changwon... Um, the school actually hadn't opened, so I spent the first two weeks twiddling my thumbs and handing out flyers for the school to open down here. Right. So, so did what do you think about like working up in Seoul? Um, it was fine. I was sort of like on the outskirts of Seoul a bit, so I, it was only two weeks. I met a couple of the foreigners there. They took me into town after work and checked it out. But on the weekends, they were I was basically on my own because they were all couples working 
and I didn't know the landscape, so I didn't travel too far at the time. Right, right. So, what, what was your first impressions when you got here? Um, well, it was interesting when I first got here. I flew in uh, Friday morning, so I was a bit tired from the travelling and got dumped in the apartment, and they said, we'll call you. So I, I assumed they were going to call me Friday afternoon. It didn't turn out to be Monday afternoon. Wow. So it was like late Friday night. I started getting hungry, and I'm like, screw this. I'm going to go walk and find something to eat. Mm-hmm. So wandered around, just went left, 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 McDonald's. Oh, God, something I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So after two weeks, you decided what? To get out of there? Or? Uh, well, no, I just substitute for the head office for the first two weeks while I had a teacher on vacation. Then they sent me down to where my school was contracted for, which is here in Changwon. Oh, I see. So it was Topia, which had just uh, hadn't actually opened. All right. Yeah, was, was where was that in on? Originally, it was down um, where you know where City Seven is, mm. diagonal at that intersection. Oh, okay. On the other side there. So that would be. Like- then it moved up to Sangnam after I'd been there six months. Right on. Yeah. So that was Myeongsedong. Yeah, Myeongsedong. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then you moved over to Sangnam. Yeah, then it moved up to Sangnam. Was it better in Sangnam or? It was better for the school, but my apartment was still in Myeongsedong. No, nah, right. So you had to commute, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Right, right, right. So what what you at now anyway, Mikey? Uh, now I work for myself and try mm-hmm. to work as little as possible. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do before you came to Korea? I was a photographer before I got here. So I was working for myself before I came here anyway. So, so yeah. back home you're yeah. so taking photos of... Taking photos. I was doing like a lot of magazine work, uh, still a bit of soft porn, <laughs> people picture magazine, the topless two-string <laughs> girls and that sort of stuff. I do the odd wedding because weddings pay well, but they're the most boring thing to do. And it's stressful, I'd say. Yeah, right? oh, like, weddings crazy. are a pain in the ass. Yeah. What is soft porn anyway? Is that like uh, basically the, they're the wearing photos? g-strings and topless sort of things? So. All right. Yeah. So you decided to stop doing soft porn photography and you came to be a teacher in Korea. Uh, I just wanted to get out of Australia and travel again. I was originally going to go to Europe and do photographic work through there and sell myself sell my stuff back in australia and i mm-hmm. used to manage bars and clubs and that so right. i could bar work my way through it and uh-huh. no probs and then picked up a newspaper about two months before i was planning to leave teaching korea free airfare free accommodation good salary the exchange rate was really good back then i was like yep sounds good to me so yeah I'm out. right it is a good deal so yeah. you were managing bars and clubs yeah i used to do that in my 20s right. so. how was that good fun yeah yeah like, so, like big clubs and stuff like that? Or no, what? The largest one I ran was 3,000 capacity. Wow. Yeah. It was always like full on the weekends. and Yeah, Saturday, Sunday was huge. What yeah. about during the week? Um, they didn't really open during the week. Yeah. They do Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, it's the same in the UK, right? Like they'll have like student nights and things yeah. sometimes. But well, this club was out in Maruba in the suburbs. Uh-huh. So, and it's got a like an RSL club, Return Services League, below it sort of thing where you get cheaper alcohol if you're a member and all that sort of stuff. Right, right. But downtown Sydney, yeah, clubs are open Monday through Sunday. Right. Is yeah. there a cover charge usually? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll How- find pretty much every club in Australia will have a cover charge. How much is it usually? Um, they usually charge 15 at the one I was going to. That's you, not bad. Yeah. Uh, you're usually looking at 20 bucks these days sort of thing. Any more right. than that. And, right. Uh, so in, Lo- in London, man, like it's like 50 pounds for some clubs. Really? So, like, what, what is that in Australian? Like, that is close to hundred bucks. Yeah, almost a yeah, hundred bucks. Ridiculous. Right, they must make a fortune. Yeah, you know, they cover charge they kill them. But that's the thing. The thing in the UK is, is people don't drink too, too much when they're in the clubs, 
you yeah, know, they just dancing and what have you. You know what I mean? What's going on? Yeah, right. Yeah. But uh, that's the thing. That's I guess that's why they, they charge so much to get in. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. You still find some of the other clubs like there's like retro clubs and that in Sydney where you see people drinking a hell of a lot. Yeah, but there's usually not a lot of women there because there's too many dickheads hitting on them with their fists. <laughs> so how did how did you find going from uh, working in clubs to to soft porn pornography um, to photographs? Sorry. Well, I did photography all teaching in Korea. I did photography all the way through high school and in uni, and that that was something I did. And then after uni, it's just yeah, I've got a pretty much useless degree. Uh, what am I going to do? Went back and studied photography, started doing that. Um, I ended up in soft corn, going from doing Santa Claus photography to, to soft porn. <laughs> a, a mate of mine got me the job with a company in Sydney that he's working for, and they had pretty much Australia-wide most of the major shopping centres sewn up for the holidays, Easter, Christmas, and all this photography stuff. So in Sydney, there were me and him, the two professionals, and they'd hire a bunch of 15, 16, 17-year-old high school kids to sit there and muck around with a $40,000 digital uh, camera printer setup. So when you got open ceilings and stuff and the lighting changes, you got all these young kids who are too scared to muck around with the cameras, we'd just run from shopping centre to shopping centre getting paid top dollar while they're getting paid peanuts and we're just changing the apertures and things like this and fixing the printers out and changing the papers out and all that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. And then he, he was their head photographer in Sydney. He got his dream job up in the ski fields and left the company. And then I get a phone call out of the blue one day, uh, can you photograph Sexpo for us? Which is the Sex Industries Expo. How long did it take <coughs> you to make a decision? Uh, I think it was about 0.02 a second. <laughs> I was single at the time. It's like, how would you like to photograph naked women all day long? <laughs> That's interesting to me. Like, I, I, I'd always wondered what that would be like, you know, to actually have to do that. Like, all these dudes are like, yeah, I'd fucking love to do that. But yeah. I guess, like, the first time you do something like that, it must be pretty uncomfortable, right? Um, yeah, like, the models are really good. So I remember, like, at... We were at Sexpo one time, and one of the girls, she, had, she was just wearing a G-string, and she wanted to change out of it. And you've got a hundred or more guys all crowded around a little roped-off area. And she just asked me to stand in front of her while she gets chained. So I went to turn around and put my back to her, and she's like, no, you're good. So you turned <laughs> so I'm just, around? No, I didn't turn around. I went to turn around. She's like, no, nah, it's all right. Uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So I was getting a full eye for. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait a minute. What, what were these guys doing behind the roped-off area? What's no, they were on the that? outside of the roped-off well, area. Why are they there? Well, they have the uh, stage shows at Sexpo where the strippers come out. And you've, uh, got, you've got Penthouse and Playboy there. There's Harley Davidson, uh-huh. Sports Illustrated set up. And then you've got everything down to the swinging clubs and everything uh, in between. And right, right. People Picture Magazine, the soft porn magazines who we had the contracts for. I would say people pitch a lot of things at those things. Yeah, it's, yeah. I've never, I've, just for the record, I've never been one of these things. Pitch intense is a camera yeah. at those places. Oh, I know. Well, it's, I know cameras are fair in Australia. It's different to the States where everyone can take their cameras in. So they only give out four press passes every year. So they only had four photographers in there. So okay. that's why you get like a thousand guys a day going, how'd you get this job? Right, right. So did it pay well? Yeah, it was, it was real good money. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Yep. Cool. So, what you know, you came over to Korea, and you've been here for many, many years. Um, yeah, 15 now, yeah. A long, long time. Yeah, you 14, must have, 14, 14, yeah. Right. You must have seen some differences, man, like some changes, some massive changes. Oh, right? huge. Time, right? What's the biggest, but, uh, the biggest change you've seen? Uh, the people, really. What the people. It, it was... 
everyone here was a true expat when I first rocked up. Right. No one was here saving money. No one was straight out of university. I think the youngest person was 26. Everyone was sort of late 20s, early 30s. Even the people you didn't like were still interesting. Right. right. Now there's just so many people straight out of uni. Yeah. And I've got older too. So right. a lot of the time I just don't sort of mix with those guys. They're a different mindset nowadays. Yeah, you've so. definitely got older. You're looking a little bit uh, wayworn. <laughs> Drink. Uh, <laughs> oh, you, you do like me, though. You used it as a verb. What? Uh, yeah. That's an adjective, mate. Yeah, adjective description. Yeah. You're, you're looking a bit wayworn. That's definitely an adjective. Yeah, you got uh-huh. it right. Yeah. <laughs> English Whatever. teachers. Ooh. <laughs> Enjoy that. Anyway, you mentioned that you're working for yourself now. Yeah. But uh, before we get into that, we were going to do some birthdays and shout-outs just yep. before we find out what the hell you're doing here anyway. Yeah. It's time for your birthday wishes, shout-outs, and announcements on the Chang Warner Podcast. All right, so we got some birthdays and shout-outs to do. Uh, just a few days ago was Maddie Dokio's birthday, so happy birthday, Maddie. It's a little late, but we got it on here anyway. And who else do we have? I've got a few. I've got Stephen O'Meara. Happy birthday on the 6th of October, mate. I hope you have a good time. And I've also got uh, Stephen Gable, who's been back a month. Happy birthday for the 9th of October. And we've also got Ron Sefik. I hope I pronounced your name right. You're on the 9th of October. Happy birthday to you. And last but not least, we've got Seijin Jang, who moved from Changwon back up to Seoul. And uh, we hope you have a good birthday. That's on the 9th. Yep, and my son's birthday, William, will be on the 15th of October too. So uh, get him a pile of Lego and stuff. Oh, he's into the Lego, yeah? <laughs> he loves his Lego. I love Lego too. Oh, my wife hates it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, you'll give him the Lego and then you'll build it, right? Is that what you do? Nah, not anymore. It used to be, but nah, <laughs> now he wants to do it all. <laughs> and aside from the birthdays, we've also got a very uh, special day today because Alice uh, is getting married. Oh, she's actually probably got married by now. Yeah, sad day in Changwon. <laughs> Another hottie bites the dust. <laughs> anyway, Alice, uh, congratulations, and uh, we hope you had a great day. All right, so before we start at the birthdays and shout-outs, we were getting into what you actually do in Korea now, Mike. So uh, what do you do? What do you do? Um, I still teach, but um, I do own the school. So uh, I try to teach as little as possible these days, but... Um, <coughs> So this is a private school, like a hagwon. Yeah, this is private hagwon. So yep. So okay. But uh, we we expanded the school, bought another school, and then moved our old school into it, and uh, tripled the size of the school and a lot more students and that. So uh, right. I've spent the last three or four years with three day weekends, but I've had to go back to a uh, five day work week this year. Ooh, how uh, does that feel? Uh, it's terrible. You, you get spoiled having Thursday, Friday, Saturday as you Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> That's that, that, the yeah, 40, that you had Thursdays, no, Fridays, Thursday Saturdays. nights when it started. Poker, oh, okay. poker was the beginning of poker was the beginning of my uh, <laughs> my weekend on Thursday night. <laughs> the beginning of the end. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew expanding the business, I was going to have to work more. But right, right. So what's yeah. the what's the name of the academy? Uh, we're Maple Times English. That's a good name. Who came up with that? <laughs> no idea. Some moron came up with that. <laughs> and you and your wife run the place, right? Yeah, me and the missus run the joint. So, well, actually, more she runs the joint because uh, the, the language requirement. 
Yeah, right, right. So, so how many students have you got these days? Uh, we're roughly a bit over 300 at the moment. Wow. So. That's nice, man. Yeah, it's doing well. And this is in Namyangdong, right? Yeah, Namyangdong, just behind okay. the Juang Hospital. Right, right, right. And you had um, the, the academy before was... Canada Language School. Right. So, yeah. So yeah. Why did you pick Canada? Uh, originally, it was part of a chain. Ah. And Pearl was friends with the owner of the chain who turned out to be a bit of a... Well, not even a bit, a very shifty guy. <laughs> right, right. So I uh, eventually cut off for him, and uh, his whole franchise fell apart anyway. When did you uh, first open the school? Um, I'd been here about two and a half years. I think it was about two and a half, two, two and three quarter <coughs> years when we first opened the school. So but about I, 12 I, years or so? Yeah, roughly about 11, that. 11, 12 years? Yeah. Long and time. I was actually, the first six months we were open, I was still finishing out a contract with my uh, previous school. So, and then they offered me a lot of money to stay with them. Mm-hmm. And the wife's like, well, do I work at my school or do I take this? For, especially back then, it was a really good salary. They're offering me 3.2. So okay. That, that yeah. must have been a wayworn time. Oh. <laughs> Is that even the right use? Can, 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 can you justify this? I'll drink. Ah, uh, yeah. Why not? <laughs> it's actually supposed to be tired from traveling. That's tired from working. <laughs> you're uh, you're away from home, so you're traveling. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can get away with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, do you enjoy running the academy? Um, yeah, it's much better working for myself. Like when right. we want a vacation, we take a vacation. Yeah, it's, there's no having to wait for the school holidays or someone to say, "Yep, you can take three days off, but you can't take the other two in the week." And so, when you um, if you take a vacation, do you close the school or do you have people nah. covering things? The only time we close the school is if it's actual sort of the yearly schedule vacation sort of things. Like summer and winter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we can close the school. Otherwise, it'll be me, the missus, my son. Quite often the in-laws will come with us. But mm-hmm. then my brother-in-law and his wife will still be running the school for us. Oh, so they work there too? Yeah, they work for us. So oh, okay. my wife's younger brother. How many staff have you got? Uh, what have we got? One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, eight. Okay. Yeah. Everybody gets along not, well. Not including myself, so. Right, right. Yeah, no problem. So everyone's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, what made you decide to get into the hogwan business? Go on. Um, working for mis- go, going back, working for myself is a, a, a good bonus too. Yeah. Um, you can choose your own hours sort of thing a bit easier. Like I said, the vacations, if you want to do that. Um, making money to make more money. Working right. for myself, and back then, no foreigners owned hogwans. Right, right. Yeah. So it was quite quite unusual, huh? Yeah. yeah. So it, the, it, it's a good selling point for to get his students in on that. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Did the parents respond well to that? Then, so, okay, it's like a core, like foreign owned. Yeah. Well, academy. I, I'm part of a, a Facebook group where it's foreign owned hogwans at the moment, and most of them these days when they open up find it really difficult to start off and get students. Mm-hmm. When we first opened up, it was really easy. Right. It didn't take much advertising and handing out a few flyers and stuff, and we're surrounded by apartments in Namyangdong, and uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, we picked up students really quick, the first sort of three, four months. So, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite a good area for that as well, Namyangdong, right? Yeah, school, like, we researched. There's a lot of apartments around, right? Yeah. When yeah. we opened up, there was only three other hugwons. Uh-huh. At the worst point, I think we had like 30 hugwons in that area. 
Wow. They're like I heard there was a few really flooded. good ones as well. Like, yeah, there was this real silly one. I was ha-ha. <laughs> so everyone just kept laughing at the place. <laughs> Look, he's laughing at it now. Just, just for the record, uh, I had a business there for a few years. Uh, it, it, it went a little bit pear-shaped just because of the, the, the relationship between the Korean guy and myself and the Canadian guy. Um, it was actually pretty good. You know, yeah. there, there was the, you know, I didn't, we, we weren't trying to be in com- competition with you, but. Uh, no, nah, we used to joke about it. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we had a good relationship. That's nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why not? I remember we used to talk about sharing students here and there. Right. Swap right. over. Yeah, right. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah. It was, it was a good experience. It's, it, it's a good area, you know? Yeah. I, I found that because you've got, well, you've got apartments like, to the right, to the left, and you're surrounded by them, right? You yeah. Know? So there's, there's a lot of people, a lot of kids, you know? Well, that was our whole reason for picking that area. There was just, you got an elementary school down the road, apartments all around you, and there was no real competition at the time. And then you've got a nice park. So yeah. you guys do like, a, what do you do, like once a year you do like a... Uh, we do it usually two, three times a year. We call it market day. Okay. So the kids get given, uh, we have hug one dollars. We give yeah. them out for doing their homework and doing well on tests and things like that. And then yeah. we go down the park and set up our stalls and we'll have stationery, candies, snacks, uh, dock bulky, fried chips, chicken nuggets. Sometimes we go down to McDonald's and just buy boxes and boxes of hamburgers. They deliver it. <laughs> do you have a barbie? We we haven't had a Barbie yet. <laughs> Nothing to throw the shrimp on. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> I was about to say that, man. You stole it away from me. <laughs> so what do you think, like, what are the, the difficulties when you're trying to run a hagwon like this or an academy as a foreign owner with, you know, Korean wife? What are the difficulties? Um, your wife getting a shitload of stress. <laughs> um, just because, like... My language ability is just not up to par to do that kind of business completely. Do you think that, like, when I was when we were doing our academy, I felt like even if my Korean was perfect, that I still wouldn't be able to do that kind of business because parents yeah. just want to communicate with Koreans. No, I, I completely agree with that. Right. Like, I mean, you get that when you go to the restaurants here at times. I go out with my wife and I'm speaking to Korean to the waitress uh, and she looks at me. And then just starts talking to my wife. Exactly, yeah. right? It's, it's like, like, what? And I'm here, I'm talking. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite frustrating sometimes, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but yeah that, it'd be the same thing with the hug ones. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, what do you think, like, what, you know, the major differences between, like, working for school and running your own school? Obviously, you're pocketing more cash, and obviously, you've got yeah. your own hours. Are there any other differences at all? Uh,. I don't have a boss yelling at me all the time. <laughs> do, you, do you think you get more respect from the parents and the students? Yeah, it makes a bit more of a difference that way. Uh, student-wise, it'll depend on the students. Right. Some some of them are little shits no matter what. Yeah, that's <laughs> true, isn't it? You just can't, yeah, you can't catch a break, can you? Right. Yeah, but like you, sometimes you'll get the bad student when they first come in, they're new, they think they play up and they just think you're the employee. And then they realise it's like, oh, Maybe I can't muck around so much because they wouldn't be the first student we've picked out of the school. Fair enough. Yeah. That's interesting, actually. Let's talk about that because some schools, a lot of schools, actually, it's all about the money. Yeah. They don't care about discipline and kids. They just want to see the money coming through. And no matter what a kid does, they will not, you know, uh, you know, yeah. uh, cut them from the school or whatever. But some schools, like your school, you know, they still 
they've got a strict policy and they're like, okay, you're acting up, you're done, right? I will give them a few warnings. Right. But if they're, if, like, if we are, I've had before, I've had a really good class, you have a few little smart asses and you can joke around with them, but they're generally well-behaved when you say knuckle down and do some work, they do it. Mm-hmm. And then a new student joins who's a friend from outside and the whole dynamics of the class goes to hell and turns out this kid's like the bad apple at school anyway sort of thing and they all tend to follow them and they just completely destroy the dynamics of your class and making it almost impossible to teach because they're revving all the other students up to play up in class. We'll give them two, three warnings, and that's, all right, sorry, find somewhere else. Fair enough. And what's the response from the parents when that happens? They usually already know about their kids' behaviour. So do you think they're like, they just feel a little bit ashamed or...? Uh, like my, This is why my wife does deals with all this sort of stuff. Mm. Um, she's pretty good at dealing with it, being uh, not just saying, fuck off, get your kid out of here, he's a little shit. Right. She, she's quite good about it, and she'll sort of say, well, look, he's just not right for the situation we have here sort of thing, and right. tries to soften the blow. Right. But it, it's pretty obvious that the parents yeah. know, because we've had parents... It's probably happened before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Somewhere Did, else. Uh, yeah. the we've had the parents say, can you please keep him, give him another chance, because they know they've been kicked out of other schools. They're running out of places to send Right. Them. I had the craziest situation like that in my old school. Now, I won't mention names, but the school's actually closed now. It was a franchise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was working for a woman, and uh, there was a kid stealing money from the teacher's bags. Ooh. And this was in the teacher's room, so we'd go and have classes, and the teacher's room was empty. And then, like, on t- one or two occasions, the teachers came back in, and the women ha- had the handbags, like, just on the desks, right? Yeah. And they'd, they'd be like, wait a minute, this is open. Why is this open? You know, and hang on a sec. I'm like 10 bucks down. What's going on here? So this went on for a few weeks. And eventually, like, we started closing the sliding door to the teacher's room. Yeah. And we'd leave the classroom doors open. And this kid um, went in again. And we could hear the sliding door go clunk, like, yeah. close behind him. So the teacher ran out, busted the kid. He had his hand in a bag, in a purse. Right, with a 10 box in his hand, pretty much about to steal it. Caught red handed. Right, co- literally caught red handed. What happens? Can you guess? Uh, he kept the 10 box. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he... paying 120. To... I tell yeah. you, I t- I, like, believe it or not, this is what happened. He paid 110 that month. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I cannot believe this. This is what happened. The teachers obviously bollocked the kid. Like, what yeah. are you doing? You can't be stealing money. And then they the didn't contact the parents. The kid just continued, you know, studying badly. Actually, he was a bad kid too. Yeah. Studying badly at the school. And nobody was notified that this kid was a thief, right? Yeah. Because the director, a business was failing at the time. And all she could see was one signs, right? Like, yeah. you know, all, all she wanted was the cash. And that is just wrong. You know and what I mean? If that was my school, the first thing I'd be doing is say, look, Pearl, call the parents. Yeah. Get them in here. Right. Get them in, you know, discuss it, uh, threaten, even like, listen, if this is going to yeah. happen, we're going to have to get the police involved, you know? Yeah. The kid has to learn. They have to learn that that and is wrong. I'd make sure he'd apologize to every teacher in the school. Right. The full Korean proper apologies, bowing and all that. That's Damn straight. And, and just sorry to r- run on, but another kid as well in the same place. 
you know, I, I'm, I'm quite a, a, a strict teacher. Yeah. And, you know, I, that works out well sometimes and it works out horribly yeah. other times, you know. And there was a few kids that really just hated me, you know. Um, but uh, <laughs> this one kid really hated my guts. He's a middle school guy. And uh, the one time I'd said, all right, listen, Joe, you know, you're not, uh, not, you're not doing anything. Just get out of here. So he'd gone downstairs and graffitied the wall <laughs> saying, Paul is an asshole in Korean, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I've just happened to be walking down the stairs one and day. And I'm like, it. what the hell is this? I'm like, that's not cool. So I told my director and she was like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, well, find the kid who did it. Uh, we can't really do that. And I was like, well, are you going to paint the wall? No. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still there. there. It's still there, right? You know what I mean? Unbelievable, right? <laughs> I want to go past there, take a couple of photos, check, right. add a bit more to it. Jeez, man. <laughs> so, like, uh, another question, just the last question for you there, Mikey. Um, since starting school and running this kind of business, do you think there's been, like, many changes in the way that you've got to do things? Um, well, but, Hold on. Yep. Before we get into that... No. <laughs> We're going to do what's going on in Changwon this coming week. Bang! It's your local events list for Changwon City. Get your ass out the chair and we'll see you there. All right, this week at O'Brien's, they've got Taco Tuesdays, which is obviously every Tuesday night. You can get some delicious tacos and nachos, I believe, too. And, uh, yeah, this uh, they have a mini mart. Which you can get deli meats. Deli meats you can usually get. I get them. I know. I, get I know. Mm-hmm. Duffy gets them. So you can uh, order those come Tuesday, Wednesday. I believe you cuts the meats on Wednesday or Thursday. So you can pick them up anytime. Uh, come you know on Thursday nights. Anytime after Thursday nights. I'm a pastrami guy. He's a pastrami thief. <laughs> Stole mine last Thursday. <laughs> and you can always get a lot of other things at uh, the Mini Mart, too. Just pop in and get cheese and all kinds of shit over there. So uh, what's what's going on at Biscacci's? Biscacci's, you know what's going on. Debauchery. It's always fun, isn't it, right? <laughs> the boys have got, they've got the beer pong. You know, it's a yeah. laugh. It's wicked. The boys are open real late, serving some great drinks. It's always a good time, you know? But uh, it's it's quite a quiet uh, quiet week next week because of uh, Chuseok and everything, you know. But uh, yeah, you can get down there, you can get some good drinks, and you can get some good beer pong on. You know what I mean? That's always going to be good. Yeah. And uh, they also have darts and other things. At, you know, they got a new dartboard. They've oh got yeah, a, they've, they've got, got a, the electronic darts going on, right? Yeah, and they put the arcade machine in there too. Yeah, they've got some kind of video game. What is that too. video game? Oh, it's old school eighties, like nineties. Street Fighter or something yeah, like that. Street Fighter. That's what is I that what it is? is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, Couldn't boy. remember the name. That's awesome idea, you know. Because actually, I was just in London, and my mate opened a bar in Peckham, and that's what he does. They've got yeah. like old school arcades, and uh, they've got Pac Man and all that stuff. So having that kind of thing over here is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a good yeah, idea. It looks like fun. Yeah, man. And over over at IPs or the IP, they've got uh, food specials on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. And I'm sure they've got the uh, Rugby World Cup on yeah. the big screen there any night. So if you're looking to watch it on a big screen, just yeah. head on over there. It's a good and night the, for the rugby can, tonight. Australia-England game. Oh, it's going to be a good night yeah. when we win. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oh, no. You can also uh, grab Biltong over there, too, anytime. 
delicious, right? Which is a, like a South African beef jerky, basically. Yeah, it's right. good. It's good. And what's going on at BK House? So BK House, as usual, they're going to also be showing the rugby. Uh, she's got a big screen inside and a big screen outside. She's got the terrace going on. That's going to be good, especially yeah. seeing as people can come and watch uh, England beating Australia. But that's uh, yeah, actually Saturday, I believe. I think I'll be the only Aussie here just laughing at all these poms crying later oh, tonight. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but uh, actually, uh, on Friday, it's quite a big event at BK House. It's the first time, and it's going to be going on every month, and it's going to be the first... Uh, Friday or Saturday of every month and she's going to sell a coupon for 30,000 won and that's for 10 drinks right and the drinks obviously you've got draft height and you've got draft red rock and then you've got like uh, you know gin and and vodka and rum and that kind of thing and it's 10 drinks and it can be two people per coupon um, so you don't have to drink all those 10 drinks. I'm sure most people <laughs> will. But, but basically the idea is, is it's the week, the weekend before payday. People yeah. might be a little bit short of cash. They can come in and then they can get the drink on. It's going to yeah. be a laugh. Right? That'd be good. Yeah. And BK's kitchen is also open all night. Oh yeah. yeah. All night. Uh, Always. Some places. Right, right. Yes, I have been known to wander back down here from the Scotchies when I get hungry. <laughs> get your eat on. I'll pass out on the bar. <laughs> 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 All right, so before we went, before we started these, uh, what's going on in Changwon? We asked you, what were some of the changes that you've noticed in the school system uh, over your? Well, was it been eleven years running a uh, school? Running the hug one. Um, well, I remember when I first opened up, no foreigners ever worked in the uh, public school system. So really? no, there were no public school jobs. Really? No, that's yeah. true. So, uh, yeah, everyone worked in a, a hug one. There were a lot less foreign teachers back then, too. Okay. So, um, for hug ones, it was really good business. There was none of the after-school programs or any of that sort of stuff going on. Um, once the public schools opened up, it did become a bit more difficult for hug ones. Um, I've seen, just in Namyeongdon, of at least 20 go bankrupt, probably more over the years. That many? Yeah. Wow. So, now Namyeongdong, we've probably got... 15 hug ones in the general area probably running now at one point there was about 30 and i've just seen so many get sold on go bankrupt new ones open up it's it's quite a volatile business then yes well i think a lot of koreans at times look at it as an easy way to make money Mm -hmm. because um we've had new schools open up and the directors have come over to my wife asking what to do right (laughs) Right, right. No experience, that kind of thing. No experience. They can't speak English themselves, but they've opened up an English language school. There's nothing worse, in my opinion, than somebody who opens up an English language school who cannot speak English. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, I would never even think of opening a Korean language school back home. Right. I can speak a bit of the language, but there's no way I could run it as a school or teach the language. Right, right. Yeah, you've got to have some sort of idea about what's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in and, and good communication with yeah. your staff. And half of your staff in a Hagwon, in an academy, are mm. obviously foreigners. Yeah. So you've got to be able to communicate with them, in exactly. my opinion, right? You know? It was like my, my first job here, the head English teacher, we had to communicate by writing on the whiteboard. 
She she couldn't put a sentence together. <laughs> Please pay me. And even then, like half the time, she'd start drawing pictures. <laughs> We're just like, I uh, still don't quite understand what you're trying to get across to me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, my. So over your say fifteen years of being here, what are some of the moments that have stuck out for you? Uh, well, I was here for the uh, two thousand two World Soccer World Cup. That's that was football, mate. It's football. Soccer, bugger off. Oh, <laughs> right. So how was that? <laughs> that was that was wicked. That really stood out. It was out. insane, yeah. Oh, it was nuts. The, everywhere, every time Korea played, they'd shut down the rotary. Yep. It became a sea of red. They put up this enormous giant screen playing the game, mm-hmm. and it was just an enormous drinking fest because Korea just went on victory, They did victory, well, victory. man. They did, they did real really well. well. Yeah. And, like, <sighs> man, Maddie Hanna... You guys know Maddie Hanna. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up on TV a couple of times up in Yongodong leading the cheering for the Koreans. <laughs> we were up there drinking with our wives, girlfriends at the time. And I went downstairs because everyone's cheering and they saw two foreigners and they've dragged us up there and NBC was filming it and KBS <laughs> is there filming it. We are just, Dehamenguk! Did Marty get his dance on? Yeah. <laughs> he usually does. There's another one. He, he got up on top of a phone booth and he's above all the crowd dancing away. <laughs> nah, it's a good atmosphere. Like, I've been... I wasn't here for that. I, I wish I had. Actually, the, the World Cup was was one of the reasons... You know, I was watching it on TV. It was one yeah. of the reasons why I thought, hey, Korea looks pretty good. Mm. Um, but I've been here for, you know, the other World Cups... Yeah, and uh, the, the same deal. Rotary's closed down. Yeah. Watching games in the middle of the night or first thing in the morning. Yeah, what a laugh! It, it was ten times bigger. Back yeah, then. obviously, like, right? Yeah. yeah, man. I was in Masan at the time, and it was pretty nuts. Like Hapsundao. Yeah, yeah. everything was, sh- you know, the roads were shut down for vehicles, and it was just a sea of people wearing yeah. red t-shirts. That was it. The Rotary was all shut down here. Yongodong was all shut down. Sangnam. It yeah. was nuts. Yeah, that's wicked. Be the red t-shirts. Yeah, I've still got one. I actually got one. Yeah. And that was the thing. I was in Oxford uh, doing some teaching, and there was a Korean group, and they said, oh, Paul, you should come to Korea, and you should teach in, in, in Korea, you know? And they gave me one of those T-shirts All at right. the time. So I actually had one, you know. <laughs> That's pretty crazy, right? It's pretty crazy that uh, I've been here and so is Duffy for the last, was it four World Cups? Yeah, I think it's four, yeah. yeah. It's pretty nuts. Been in <laughs> wow. one, one country for the last four World Cups. Yeah, I lose track of time I've been here that long, yeah. Right. <laughs> so speaking of which, actually... Um, any plans on leaving this country or do you want to continue on? Um, eventually I will. I want my son to do high school back home in Australia. Why is that? Uh, it just gives you a bit more opportunity when it comes to the when he finishes high school with universities. Um, it'll definitely help improve with his English language ability because as it is now, he's basically getting 90% Korean, 10% English when he's at home. Do you think like... Um is he a fluent English speaker or do you think oh uh, he'll get there his English is quite good yeah yeah okay so so he responds equally to Korean and English or more yeah. so to Korean um like when my wife's there like he'll try and speak Korean if we're at home I'll, I'll yell out to him to speak English and tell Pearl to speak English as well um but yeah like Korean is the language he tends to fall back to just because that's what he's using all the time when he sees his grandparents all the time, his friends mm. and all that. It, it is Korean. It's always Korean, right? Yeah. 
do you think um like for him do you do you have any issues with him growing up in Korea you know in a public school surrounded by native yeah. Koreans does he have any problems or um he hasn't had any problems so far but yeah it is one of my worries especially with William actually looking like a foreigner and not looking Korean right like most Koreans when they see him the first time automatically assume that he's a foreigner right and they're surprised when he starts speaking Korean but there is there is a big difference you know in the last five to ten years of mm. how mixed blood kids have been treated in public schools and stuff yeah it has got better it's over a the lot years. better now than but it's still something I sort of worry about like all my friends that do have mixed kids here their mm. kids tend to look more Korean the dark hair the dark eyes well William's got hazel hair and auburn ha- uh, auburn hair and hazel eyes right he does look foreigner what is auburn uh, it's not bright red, but it is red. It's ginger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my grandma, he's, he's got the same color hair as my grandmother, and she always called it Auburn, so I'm going with Auburn. <laughs> but even students are a lot more open now these days, and oh, definitely. a lot more cooler than 10 yeah. years ago. I mean, oh, it, could, yeah, it, yeah. it could work out massively to his advantage, right? You oh, know, like yeah. he could be the, like the coolest kid in school sort of thing, right? I mean, he's, already, he's already the ladies' man at school. Oh, yeah. Most of his friends are girls. <laughs> they all love him. <laughs> Even the, the girls from the older classes and stuff. Like when he first started elementary school, uh, yeah. was it last year? Um, he was sitting up in the front of the class near the window and the girls at the back near the door. Her mother complained to the teacher because every time it came up for like recess and lunchtime, the older girls would come down and bug her. Go get William for us. Right, right. <laughs> so I guess it's a case like, it's, it's not like father like son then, is it? <laughs> he's following in daddy's footsteps. <laughs> he definitely isn't. <laughs> so he's going to pick up a camera soon and be taking oh, photos of uh, <laughs> Korean soft porn. Yeah, Korean soft porn. Yeah. So you plan, um, you plan on, on getting out here. He, he's going to go to Australia, maybe, and, and go to high school. Yeah, right? I want him to do high school. So after middle school. Uh, well, in Australia, we don't, well, in uh, New South Wales, we don't have middle school. Yeah, it's the same as England. We have we a combination, right? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So you so want him to I do want the whole him to thing? do the six, yeah. Okay. Yep. And if you go over to Australia, what would you do when you're there? Um, well, we've still got businesses that make money here. We've got family working for us. So uh-huh. um, I'm not going to sell up the businesses that are making good money. So you're just going on holiday, right? <laughs> Six years. Yeah, my wife will kick me out the ass for that. But <laughs> I'll try and spend the first 12 months sitting on the beach. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bit of surf. Yeah, I'll yeah. get some surfing in. I'll make up for all the years of not surfing here. Yeah. Um, but eventually I'd get bored doing that myself. I'm, I'm going to find something to do. So. Yeah. Yeah, you got. So, if 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 there was, what would be your choice? Like, if you know, if you had to work, uh, what would you do? Softporn photography. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about like photo- hardcore porn. Hardcore. <laughs> I'll be the star there. Nah, because <laughs> William's going to get to the age where he's actually going to start asking Mike, like, "So, Daddy, what do you do for a living?" <laughs> ah, let's not talk about that right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you could get back into bars or nightclubs or what? Um. Yeah, I've thought about like I've thought about doing the photography again, but it's such a hard industry to break into. Before I was right place, right time when the company I worked for fell apart and I picked up all their contracts and that's how I ended up opening up my own business. Um, having that happen again would be real arsy luck. Mm. So photography, I doubt I'll get back into that. Uh, yeah, possibility of opening up a bar, pub, something like that. Yeah. I doubt I'd do a club again because just too much night work. 
Right, right. It's, it's a lot more difficult to run a club than it is a pub. Yeah, it's pretty taxing, yeah. right? I'd say, yeah. you know, yeah. especially when they're big clubs and they're open until yeah, what, exactly. like six, seven in the morning. And yeah, like, you know, unless I'm right downtown Sydney, a small club will only survive when you're right down in the mix of all of it and then you're paying top rents and everything else and stuff. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. need quite a bit of cash to burn to open up a small club in Sydney. Right, right. right. Small club out in the suburbs just isn't going to survive enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you've, uh, anyway, we asked this of all our guests. I think the answer is kind of obvious, seeing that you're married, have family here, yeah. business running. But what's the thing that you like most about Changwon and what's kept you here all this time? Um, it, it's a real cruisy lifestyle living here. Yeah. It's I'd be working my ass off a lot more back home for the money I'm making and the time I get off uh, I get a lot of vacations here bonus of working for yourself as well but so, but why, why haven't you chosen any other Korean cities or um, well originally I was just getting out of Australia I didn't give a shit where I was going at the time and when that job popped up in the newspaper for Korea it just happened to be Chang Wong right and I was very lucky with that and ended up in a great city with great people and as you guys know you guys know there's a lot of long-termers here which says a lot about a place it does man so. yeah i mean I, th- I think that's that's you've, you've hit the nail right on the head there it's 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 yeah. basically the people mostly the british um people like Paul Roberts. <laughs> Uh, you know, you just can't get away from that, right? Like, you know, that's yeah, that, that's why you stay. We try here. to get away, but we're all stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a combination of what forty-five years or so sitting yeah. at the table. Jesus, right. more, more than that, mate. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, one more question, just for a laugh. What's the funniest moment you've had since you got here? Can, uh, can you find one? Well, there are many, but. Uh, one of them would have been uh, I am the only person to go to O'Brien's naked <laughs> oh shit <laughs> why the hell did you end up in OB's naked uh, I think O'Brien's been open about a year maybe two and we actually had a couple of younger engineers in Changwon a couple of pretty hot girls they were late 20s mm. drinking with them one night and they're like well let's go over to our hotel room, the International Hotel, the company's paying for it, we'll just drink all the whiskey bottles in there. To which you obviously said, no, I cannot do that. No, of course, I argued <laughs> against it. <laughs> so <laughs> we ended up in their hotel room. Did there. you bring your camera? <laughs> no, I should have. This is before all the smartphones were out, so we didn't get any video of this. Oh, Jesus. Someone well, did take photos when I was at O'Brien's, but I forget who it was. Right. <laughs> so what happened? But uh, so we, we, we drank three, four bottles of whiskey and got really maggoted yeah. and started playing strip poker. <laughs> it was me. So wait a minute, you're playing poker, strip poker. You obviously yeah. lost. <laughs> we, we all ended up naked. <laughs> <laughs> so then it was like, okay, uh, we, we're picking a room number on the floor and you've got to go down naked and knock on the door and ask this is where the toga party is. So we started doing that. Mm. And then no, we started doing different floors. You had to ride the elevator naked. And then the last one was you had to go over to O'Brien's. So I had to wear the International Hotel robe. I had my boots on and that was it. Walked over the road. The uh, bet was to sit in front of the pint tap, order a pint, de-robe, drink the pint, and then I could go back and get dressed. Right. Well, I was 
pretty smashed and didn't really give a shit. So I drank the pint and thought, well, stuff it, I'm here now, I'm not going back. And spent about three hours in O'Brien's naked. Without the robe on. <laughs> Without the robe. All I was wearing was boots. <laughs> a couple of Korean girls came in, yeah. sat down at that little table that used to be near the door there. Yeah. So, of course, I went and sat with them. Oh, God. <laughs> did, they, did they've never been back since then? <laughs> no, I never saw them again. <laughs> So obviously O'Brien doesn't have the uh, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Well, I, I think they got instigated after that night. <laughs> Austin has uh, told me never to come back that way again. <laughs> oh man, that's gold. That is gold. I tell you, hey, I tell you what, actually, gold speak, dust. Speaking of gold, like <laughs> nobody knows it. Well, people do know this, but uh, not everybody. But your name yeah. is Gold Dust. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that, eh? Well, that came from Maddie Barber. <laughs> How did he end up giving you that nickname? Well, I do wear a bit of gold when I come out on the weekends. I've no, actually, these days, I think you've, like, you've de-golded, right? Like, I haven't seen oh, anything. Well, when I'm riding the motorbike and stuff, and I've got leather jackets on, it just gets uncomfortable when Chafes. it rubs on you. Yeah. Mm, so, gold chafe. Yeah. Gold chafe. Okay. Plus, if I'm wearing a gold bracelet and stuff, yeah. and you come off, it's just going <laughs> to destroy my arm and destroy the bracelet as well. So. Right, right. But yeah, when, when I come out and I wear a shirt and that, I stick on the necklace and the bracelet and that. So. Dripping with gold. Yeah. yeah. Used to wear them all the time, but I ride the bike a bit now and stuff. And so. Right. So you're not a silver man, you're a gold man, eh? Um, I also have silver. Okay. Yeah. But you're an Aussie, right? It's all about the gold down there, isn't it? Yeah, it's about the gold. Yeah. we got silver as well down in Australia, but um, like I also buy and sell um, silver and gold coins. Okay. I've got a lot of silver coins at home at the moment. Where, silvers. Where do you keep them? Uh, no way, you're going to find They're right up my arse here, Paul. Reach in and grab it. <laughs> anyway, Duffy, it's been great having you on. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure. Cheers, boys. I, I, hope, it, I hope it wasn't a wayworn moment. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you can't even... Yeah. yeah. Anyway. It's been good. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Duffy, and uh, we're out. We hope everybody has a great week. Yeah, man. Yeah, and we'll get smashed tonight. And we'll see you (laughs) next week on the Chang Warner Podcast. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in to the Chang Warner Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.